Wow. So we see you in your mid thirties divorce. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So, so once that happened, Mm -hmm. um, I had to try to pick myself up and put myself back together again. There was a lot of, what do I do? I was, you know, speaking to my mom saying, should I come home? I Mm. really don't feel that I should come home. Mm. Um, and Mm. especially at that time, because i felt that if I went home, I wouldn't come back to the UK. And I really felt strongly that I needed to be in the UK. Um, so it was, it was a difficult time because I was trying to put myself back together mm. um, without my usual support, you know, system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of soul searching, a lot of turning to God at that point in time. Um, mm. And my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. she was fantastic. And she said, so what are you going to do now? Cause we, mm. we didn't, I had a miscarriage um, while we were married. So I had fallen oh. pregnant and I had oh, had no. a miscarriage. As well. mm. So she said, well, you haven't got any children. You know, what, what are you going to do? She said, you can stay here. You can go back to What do you want to do? And I said, I, I don't know. I'm too, I'm grieving. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was really it was a loss. Yeah, it was, it was. And so I started to look in, I want to say in the newspapers for jobs. Um, And there was this company that was hiring for receptionists in the city. Mm. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll apply. And, but I was applying to a lot of different, you know, places, even local. I, I didn't have the flower business anymore. Mm. Um, And so I went to the interview and it was at the old NatWest tower building. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was great because they had decided what they wanted was a, a lot of, it, it was an international, um, I guess, uh, an international feel that they wanted because they had people coming to do business from all around the world. So they mm-hmm. wanted everyone to sort of feel comfortable. And there was, there was three of us, there were three receptionists and mm. one was from Germany, one was from Italy and then there was me, the American. So um, it was really interesting how that was kind of the first real job I had in the UK, even though I'd lived here for quite a few years by then. Mm. And it was, it sort of changed my mind, my, my mindset in the sense that I live here now. <laughs> I'm not on holiday it, it had become home. So um, you, you, did you get uh, a job in the city? Yeah. So I ended okay. up getting a job. I was working full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point in time, I was trying to, I was still obviously going through my divorce mm. and there was a lot of administration that needed to be taken care of. I needed to figure out, and these were things that I wasn't familiar with. Um, you know, like I said, my husband was just basically signing over the mortgage in the house to me. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want anything in return, but there was still having to do the paperwork for that. Um, and I ended up having a meeting with someone in the one of the businesses in the building, and um, like a financial advisor, and okay. uh, just trying to figure out what I was going to do, how to handle all of this, and that went really well. Um, mm-hmm. And I was kind of in a new a new place as far as I was starting the healing process of, you know, getting, getting over the relationship was, was starting um, to happen. Mm. But I just felt like I had to have that first 
feeling of like um, having a real job, a real full-time job. I felt like a grown-up for the first time in my life. Mm. Um, and it was nice. Um, I remember with my first paycheck going to get myself something, you know, just so that I would know that, you know, <laughs> so that I was real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so it was good and it was pretty, I felt like I had really accomplished something. Um, even though, so what I was, um, about to say is that it felt that I had accomplished in the UK what I had accomplished in America before I left, as far mm. as like having um, independence, mm. um, you know, that kind of sense of that I was independent and looking after myself and, you know, life was just ticking over. So it was, it was really good. Um, mm. And, um, and then I met somebody. Wow. How old were you? Really at that fast. Point in time? Yeah. That was okay. Really, it was really fast when I met this person. Okay. Um, I hadn't even fully been divorced yet mm. and like the paperwork hadn't come through. Mm. Um, and how old was I? I was 33, 34, something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I met this person and he really liked me, really, really liked me. Um, but his, and I was, I was attracted to him. Um, but again, a very different mentality in the sense, like from my first husband, he, uh, you know, worked in the city. He had a very fast lifestyle. The first time that I met him, he asked me to go home with him. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, mm -hmm. I don't know you. Um, for all I know, you could be a serial killer. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he was a bit offended. Mm. <laughs> I said to him, He's like, you know, he, he kind of got a bit stroppy and he was, he said to me, you know, I live, I live in a penthouse, blah, 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 blah. And I just said, well, I really don't care. Not happening. <laughs> um, so the first time we met, um, we were at a party. It was a Christmas party. And um, he asked me to go home with him. And I, I was really offended. And I said, no, absolutely not. And I said, I don't know anything about you. Don't know where you live. And, you know, I, I said, for all I know, you could be a serial killer, a, a serial killer. Cause we, we were having a lot of banter that night. It was, it was mm. lots of fun. It was a party. And, mm. um, so he, he took offense to that and, you know, he sort of defended <laughs> his position and said, you know, I live in a penthouse. I just, down of course. Road, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, no, you know, and, and I said, that's not a very gentlemanly thing to ask. Um, but I think that he was used to getting his way. Mm. Um, you know, a, a lot of people in the financial industry are, it's, it's a jungle, it's a competition and you've mm. got to be tough and you've got to be adamant and, you know, sometimes a bit, um, extremely focused on accomplishing what you want to accomplish. And mm. that I think was his mentality. So he wasn't used to the idea of people telling him no. Mm. Um, and I think that possibly made it more attractive for him, mm. um, to pursue Yes. And I avoided him for a very long time. Um, <laughs> you know what? It was the first time in my life that mm. I actually felt nauseous. Oh, um, wow. When I would see him or mm. speak to him or I, I did, I had my stomach would just turn and I would avoid him. And it was difficult because we worked in the same building. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it, it was quite, it was quite, 
funny when I think back on it now. Um, long story short, we ended up going back to, he came with me out to visit my mom okay. on a New Year's Eve. And we traveled, we went to Australia and we did like a, a, a little trip, not around the world, but you know. We oh, had hold a few on, Lisa. We... I, I know we're cutting the story short here. <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah, we're cutting the story short. But how did you go from feeling nauseous to traveling with him? What yeah. changed? Well, um, I found it, like I said, I really was nauseous. And I, I would have like these little moments, like maybe I'd run into him at lunchtime or, mm-hmm. you know, out, out in the city and, you know, going to grab a coffee or, or what have you. And I literally would feel nauseous. And he kept asking me out. And I didn't like that because mm. I wasn't ready to go on a date. Mm. Um, you know, I was going through a divorce and... I was still getting over that emotionally. Um, And it wasn't as if my husband had done anything wrong or against me or, you know, Mm. against our relationship. And so it was, it was a very real thing for me that I, you know, I needed time. You you needed to heal. Yes. And I didn't understand how I could be heartbroken over this, but yet there was this person who I was attracted to, but also made me feel ill. Mm. Um, I did. I didn't get any of that because, like, I'd never had that experience before. And all I was really concerned about was protecting my heart because mm. going through my divorce, literally, physically, my heart was broken and bruised. I had pain in my chest, mm. um, and I had never felt that before. Like it was so bruised, um, physical pain. Not you know. Heartbreak is one thing, but to have that actual physical pain there, I never experienced that. I I never cried out to God like I did during that time. Um, Mm. So I wasn't looking for a relationship. And I remember talking to my mom and saying, you know, mom, I I really, I really think I like this man. I feel sick when Mm -hmm. I see him, but you know, there's just this really strong pull to him. And, and I said, and he makes Um, I said, I said, I really like him. I said, do you think that's wrong? You know, is that wrong that I'm not divorced yet, but I'm attracted to this man? And she said, you know what? She said, does he make you laugh? And I said, yeah, he does. You know, he's fun. And she said, good. She said, don't worry about if it's wrong or right or what other people think god knows what's in your heart god knows what you know she was she was such a great woman in that sense and it really surprised me mm. to be honest you know mm. that that was her advice to me um and it was almost as if i felt that god used her at that point in time to say you know be happy mm. you know mm. and um and i guess maybe because i had my mother's blessing i felt like it was okay mm. so after him pursuing me and constantly asking me out, he finally said, Hey, would you, you know, I've been invited to a party. Mm. Would you like to come? And I said, yeah, could I bring a friend? Cause I didn't want to go on my own and I didn't know who was going to be there. We had different circles of friends. Mm. So, um, I asked one of the girls I worked with, um, if she would come with me to this party and she said she would. And then she fell ill and she couldn't come. (laughs) So you had to go on your own. <laughs> it's typical. It was, 
Yeah, typical. It was, it was awful. So, um, what I happened did, at this party then? Um, when I well, when I went to this party, it was really interesting because he was he was much younger than I am. Mm. And I had prepared this speech in my head of all the reasons why we shouldn't go out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just, you know, thank you for the invite to the party, but it's not going to go any further, you know, mm-hmm. type of mm-hmm. thing. That was, I was going to give him the brush off. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to this party and he was so happy to see me because he kept asking me to, you know, to join him somewhere or go out with him. And I would just say, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. And he didn't think I was going to show up. But I, I did show up and it was quite funny because he said to me that he thought when I asked if I could take a friend that I was going to take a man. That ah, I would okay. He thought you um, had competition. Well, I think so because like I said, I avoided him and I mm. don't think he was used to that. He was used to always just getting his way. Mm. Um, and so he was someone that I really felt was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Mm. And that night when I went... He was so, he's like, oh, what would you like to drink? And he's like, never mind. And he just got like a bottle of champagne. And we're in this, in this party, but we're sitting at a table, just he and I. And, and we ended up just talking mm. the, you know, entire night and, and getting to know each other. And I said to him, you know, I've come here to tell you that I'm sure you're a really nice guy, but this isn't going to go anywhere, you know? <laughs> and it, 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 he was like, what? So um, he said, give me your list of reasons why, you know, we, we can't see each other. Mm. And, um, he just sort of went through every single one of, you know, my considerations and, and just said, Nope, 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 squashed them all. Um, but after getting to know him that night, I started to feel more comfortable. Um, Mm. and so because we saw each other at work, so we ended up starting to spend some time together and seeing each other. And, and it was nice. He wasn't someone who had was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Hmm. He worked really hard for what he had accomplished. And I had a lot of respect for that. I respected him in the sense that he also was doing exactly what he wanted to do, Hmm. you know, Hmm. when he was young. So he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. And I thought that was brilliant. Hmm. Um, Follow us on Instagram at speak podcast, and you will find each guest has an interesting fact or picture to share with you. Let's get back to the interview. And so then from there is when we ended up going the following year. We went to America. We went to Australia. We just, Mm -hmm. because he was um, Mm self-employed, he took big chunks of time off. Like he would take all of summer off and he would take all of Christmas, all of most of December would start to unwind and and go quiet for him too, because Mm. people don't invest money at those particular times. You know, um, it's, it's sort of, you know, focused around families and Mm. children are out of school. Then men are usually families are usually out, not in the city, not working, not investing, not, you know, there's little Mm. bits things that but he could do that from wherever we were so it mm. didn't really matter too much um, so you traveled around so well you yeah. to, to places I, you hadn't been to with him yeah yeah and that was that was amazing and and even mm. um having to meet my mom i think was really really nice as well mm. you know and what did she think of him mom. when she then um, met him yeah she thought he was really she she thought he was really nice and she said to me he's really nice i really like him and mm. she said she said to me, what's he doing with you? And I thought, oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, dear, dear. 
Okay. So where did that relationship end up then, Lisa? We got married. Ah. Um, and I had children. So wow. something I never thought I would do. I wasn't, I wasn't one of those, you know what, that's not true. Deep down in my heart, I believe I always wanted to get married and have a family and live in a cute little house with the white picket fence and mm. the whole nine yards, as they say in America. But I wasn't comfortable with who I am, who I mm. was. Mm. I wasn't comfortable accepting that about mm. me. Um, mm. And I felt that that wasn't okay. So as I was growing up, I remember thinking, I don't want to rely on a man. I don't want to, because that was the picture I had. My parents, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad went out and made the money. Mm -hmm. And something I didn't say when we were going through the earlier decades is that there was a point in time, I was about five years old, and I said to my mom, I'd really wish I was born a boy. Okay. And she said, why? And I said, because men go out and make the money, and moms stay home and take care uh, of kids. That was your perception. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I didn't want that for my life. <clears throat> and so... I was always on this idea that I would have, I wanted to always be independent and be mm. able not, not have to rely on someone else. So, um, yeah. So I've lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> okay. It's okay. We'll get back to it. Let me just make a, a note of where we are. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so your mom had met him and she was impressed by him and asked you what you um he was doing with you yes um and yeah so you then got married and we then you had married. children yeah it was the fact that you're saying you didn't think you wanted children that's it yes and okay so happened, start from that yes so we talked about children because like i said he was much younger than i was mm. and i i wasn't i didn't have a biological clock ticking like i said it wasn't it wasn't anything that sort of was at the back of my mind, even though I said that deep down in my heart, it was something that I did want, but I didn't really think too much about it because I'd gone, I'd chosen a different road. Mm. I, you know, pursued a career wanting to be an independent individual. Um, and I just thought if it happens great, if it doesn't, that's fine too. But mm. I ended up having some issues and okay. I had to see, um, I had to see a specialist mm. and he said to me at the time when I went for my appointment and I had to have a procedure, he said to me, I don't know that you'll be able to have children. And he said, if, if it is something you'd like to do and you're in a relationship, I would seriously think about trying to conceive. Mm. Um, mm. And he said, but if you're not too fast, if you know, then then, you know, fine, don't, you know, don't worry about it. And um, that really made me wake up mm. and think about what, what do I want? And mm. I, I, you know what, I've always been that person that if someone tells me I can't, I, I want to do it even more. Mm. <laughs> and being told you, you can't have children for a woman, yeah. Um, yeah. regardless of, of who you are, yeah, it does give you pause it causes you it, to pause yeah. and, and and question yeah. if you really want children or not yes yes mm. um so i went home and we had a conversation um about children and i basically said to him look i get um that you're a lot younger than i am and if you're not ready for this 
at this point in time, at this junction in your life, that's really okay. Mm-hmm. But I think that we need to part ways because I would like to find someone who would like to have children, who who's ready for children. And I know that's really far-fetched and maybe asking a lot for a very short period of time because, you know, we're looking at me and I'm already in my 30s. I was like 34, 35 by this time. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like we sat down, we had the conversation and he's like, no, I'm happy to have children. I want to be with you. I, you know, so it sort of fast tracked our relationship. So we ended up getting married, getting pregnant and having my first child. Um, what, what did you have? A girl, a little oh, girl. Oh, brilliant. Um, who's now 18. So, <laughs> okay. Oh, um, girl. Yeah. So it, it fast tracked our relationship. Um, mm. And I didn't take to motherhood very well. Okay. Um, I found, you know, it wasn't something I was ever interested in. So I didn't have a lot of knowledge. I didn't have, it, it, I grew up with my mom and my dad and my grandparents and my uncles, but my cousins were always kept at a distance because my parents lived in a different area of California than mm. where I grew up. Mm. So we would go to visit family during holidays and things like that, where I'd mm. be surrounded by family, but I didn't have that interaction with babies and toddlers and, mm. you know, growing up, I just didn't have that. So to have a newborn baby was so out of my depth Mm. um and it was quite traumatic the pregnancy was great but the birth was quite traumatic and I had to have an emergency cesarean um so and and she was born early Mm. so it was you know quite quite a lot frightening a lot yes um and I remember being home calling my mom and saying when were you and my brother going to be coming to visit Mm. and she said, well, we're not coming until February because my daughter wasn't due until February. Mm. And I, they said, I said, that's not okay. I need you now. I need you. I need mm. you now. You need a, that support system <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I tell you what, throughout my entire life, like I, I said earlier, I've always had a relationship with God. And it's interesting growing up, knowing that you believe but I never tested that relationship. I never mm. tested that faith. And there was a moment when I looked at my daughter for the first time and I realized without any hesitation that God is real, mm. that God is real. Because two people, if, if all we are is a bunch of cells and physical beings, mm. that's all we would create is something physical. Mm. but we don't put that soul in that body we don't put that spirit we don't give that body life Mm. we don't bring that body to life and it was such a profound moment when she was born Mm. because there wasn't only that but there was also she was the first blood relative that I knew because you were adopted and yeah yes understood wow how old were you when you had your your daughter 36 I was 36 and and you said earlier on in the decades you you also have a son how old were you when you had him 40 
that takes us right to the end of of your um, fourth decade. Okay, yeah. so your your relationship with God, uh, I guess um, you came to a realization point with looking at your daughter, understanding well, not understanding, but seeing the mystery of creation, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how was your relationship with your husband as um, you struggled with um, coming to terms with being a mother? It was strained. Mm. It, was, it was very strained. Um, looking back, I believe I must have gone through some sort of postpartum depression. I can't remember what it's called. Post, post- Postnatal? Postnatal. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Um, sorry. It took a moment um, for me as well to <laughs> realize. Yeah. Yeah. When we were diagnosed, I didn't see anyone. Mm. Um, but it was definitely an experience. Um, mm. I remember when the health visitor came to the house to check on us and see how things were. Um, my main concern is that I could not keep up with housework. I couldn't mm. keep up with, you know, looking after the house. And I mean, to be fair, I'd, I'd had a C-section. So that's pretty much like a major operation. And I it wasn't is. even allowed to, you know, walk around carrying my daughter mm. um, for a good six weeks. I could hold mm. her in my arms. I could breastfeed her, but I wasn't allowed to move, if that mm. makes sense. You know, I couldn't it does. Walk it does. Around. Mm. Um, so it was, it was a bit strained because he was also self-employed. Mm. And this was his baby as well. And there was this sense for him that he needed to earn money. Mm. He needed to provide. He needed to be able to look after us. And, mm. and how he had a child that he also was responsible for. So it was, it was, we were both going through a challenging time for different reasons. Mm. Um, and it was, it was just hard. Motherhood changed me um, mm. a lot. Mm. I wasn't, I wasn't as carefree as I was before I was a mother. A mother. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. On that um, note, we'll wrap up your fourth decade okay. um, and we'll pick up with your, your baby boy um, in your fifth decade. Yeah. Fascinating, Lisa. We have spent a lot of time going through the fourth decade, but it's because a whole lot happened in this yeah. fourth decade. And yeah. um, I would ask you the question, is there anything you now view differently from that decade? Mm, no, not, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I don't, I don't view it differently. I don't, um, I'm at peace with that decade. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. It's good. A lot, a whole lot happened. Thanks yeah. for sharing Lisa. And mm. thank you for listening. Those listening to this and we will catch up again in Lisa's fifth and sixth decade. Thank you for listening. All of us have a story to share. You can contact us at info at thespeakpodcast.com or learn more about this podcast at www.thespeakpodcast.com. I hope to welcome you on the next episode.